We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pie Podcast, we have our final game breakdown. We're going to talk about that Minnesota Vikings game. We're also going to crown our Oopsie Doopsie and Baller of the Week and Baller of the Year and Oopsie Doopsie of the Year. We also have some general managers and potential head coaches we're going to talk about on episode 164 of the Pride Podcast. Episode 164 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always. Well, I think two guys. Are we Are we full band today? Uh, Malcolm Beer, are you guys here? I'm here. Woo! We are here. Full crew today? Wow. I mean, this has been kind of a rare, you know, scene lately. You know, we haven't had a full crew in, in, a, in you know, quite some time, you know. So, how are you boys doing? I'm happy. Let's get this thing going. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Awesome. Finally, it's over, man. Finally. God, thank the Lord Jesus. It's over. <laughs> it's over. And the season's finally over. We're doing our last post game of the year. And, I mean, we wait for the line season, but hallelujah. This is over. It's time to get into the juicy stuff now. It's time to talk about the offseason. It's time to talk about general managers, coaches. This roster, everything, it's going to be one hell of an in, hell of an interesting offseason. That's all I'm going to say. But let's get into it. So let's get into, I guess, the house cleaning because uh, it's basically house cleaning at this point. Lions, Vikings. Um, Lions play the Vikings in a, a very close competitive game. Matthew Stafford suited up, played against the Vikings, and they end up losing this game 37-35. You know, pretty entertaining game, I guess, if you want to say that. You know, high scoring, offenses going back and forth, fireworks as Peter likes to call it. So we can start off with this game. What did you guys pick up from this game? I'll kick it out because I haven't talked to this man in forever. Malcolm, what did you pick up from this Lions-Vikings game? There was no defense. 
Oh yeah, defense was off. Yeah, the defense, like they, they took the night off. I felt like it was a Pro Bowl game where it was just offense, offense, offense. I mean, it was just both sides of the ball. Their defenses, both 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 sides of the ball was just bad on defense. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, I think he had four hundred yards. Three, four three or touchdown? five to be exact. Four or five four, and three. Four, four, four or five to be exact. <laughs> As a unit, they Madison. I think he ran over hundred yards or got pretty damn near close. Twenty-one I mean, for ninety-five. Ninety-five. We gave him over. We gave him over five hundred yards of offense. Like that's that, what do you do? That's terrible. That, that, that's terrible. The, the defense is, but I mean the offense. The offense looked good. Stafford was airing it out. Marvin Jones. He went out with a bang. Yes, he did. Yeah, um, we saw some flashes from Cephas. So that was, was nice good. to see. That yeah, was nice it, to see Cephas flashes. Yeah, it was nice to see. So it is what it is. I got I got some messages from some Twitter DMs. I got actual t- tweeted at. I got Instagram DMs of saying, "Man, Tyler, you're right. This defense is definitely not a one-year fix, <laughs> and we don't have anybody on this defense." Where I'm looking like, "Wow!" And you saw it. This week, you've seen it all year. This defense blows. Like, every single part of this defense, I think, outside of Romeo Quara, blows. Romeo Quara had a, a great year this year and a way better year than I expected. And all kudos to him. He did it at the perfect time. He's a fridge in this offseason. So right. he's going to earn a bag either in the Honolulu Blue or he's going to go earn a bag somewhere else. Outside of him, this defense stinks in every aspect. The defensive line, forget about it. The run defense blows. Linebackers, maybe the worst linebacker unit I've ever seen in my life. Jelani Tavai, I hate to be a broken record player and like just be repetitive on how bad this guy stinks, but this guy stinks. Like, how is he still playing, dude? Yo, I mean, Tyler, but he could be like yeah. Julius Leonard. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. I'm don't ever kidding. say that ever again. I'm kidding. I saw that on Twitter. I forgot who said it, but someone said he could be like a Darius Leonard. And I'm like, what are you smoking? Who the hell said he could be Darius Leonard? I don't know. I saw it on Twitter. I forgot. Oh, no. I'm not, even if I know who it was, I'm not going to mention names, but I really don't know who it was. Oh, um, no. Like, yo, what is this guy smoking? He, and and this, this is bad because I think he probably had his best game of his career last week. He did? Because uh, no, he, he forced the fumble? That's the force of fumble. He made he made some tackles. You know what's really he had good? Some bad angles yesterday? too. Uh, remember, yeah, remember, I... remember, he made a play and then, like right after he missed the tackle, you're like, oh, that's the why I know. He goes, hold my drink. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, who was he on? It was like a touchdown too. Like Madison. Kind of, Madison. That's what he it like. Dobia, yeah, he had no one. chance. He's just sitting fumble. on the ground, laying on the ground there with his hands out. But um, Jelani Tavai forces a fumble, and we're like, that's fifty one. The Samoan boy, Jelani Tavai, makes a play. And then in Jelani Tavai, fourth and one, he goes, hold my beer. Let me show you what I'm really known for. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a terrible angle. Yeah, but a guy that I've been impressed recently with is uh, Malcolm's boy. Actually, he was excited when we drafted him a couple years ago. Hasn't really been on the field, but when he's been on the field, he's been somewhat productive. It's Austin Bryant. He's not a starter, but he'd be a good rotational player. He had a really good game yesterday. Um, another guy who had a really good game yesterday, and I think he thrived in a 4-3 system as 3-tech, like maybe as a rotational guy, is Kevin Strong. I thought he had a really good game yesterday. He had a sack. I think he had a couple of pressures. So it was nice to see that. Um, but other than that, Tyler's right. Like the secondary, a lot of these guys aren't going to be here next year. Dale Roberts probably won't be here. Trufant's if, if Justin Coleman. He's probably not going to be here. Trufant's probably going to get cut. Um, same with Coleman. Will Harris, he had a good game yesterday, surprisingly, very surprised. He had a really good game. Um, but 
I mean, Will Harris is he even a starter? Probably not. I have two no. things. One thing I want to offer to you guys, and one thing, the first thing I just have to get off my chest. Since when the hell did Austin Bryant come Malcolm's boy? Malcolm yeah, liked him the, when they drafted him. You left I, the pick. When we drafted him originally, I, I yeah. did like I did That's like why I said pick. that. Not because, like his boy. I, because, <laughs> because I knew we needed somebody up front, and that, that was somebody they drafted. So I was like, oh, yeah, maybe he could pan out, you know? But yeah. he's not like my boy. Like, so I've never heard of Malcolm. <laughs> like, no, like, like, I can't. Yeah, yes, I he's playing. Yes. You know, no, 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 not like that. Yeah. yeah. You love to pick at the time, but like, obviously. We haven't seen shit from him. Yeah. yeah, recently though he's shown some flashes, which is good. He just yeah. needs to stay healthy. He he was beating himself up on Twitter about that um yeah, that yeah. interception that he dropped. Yeah, he's like he's gonna work the junk machines uh, yeah. for a month. Yeah, and that was <laughs> that was an easy pick. Yeah, it was right to it. Like that was like that July to my pick. The yeah. month. Oh. <laughs> it was right his gut flashes. July to my. One thing I need to I, I need to say this was like I. I love just football. Like I, I appreciate. I don't love. I appreciate simple football stuff, like simple techniques. And this is something the Lions just don't do well with. And that's simple technique stuff, like fundamentals. Just, just like simple wrapping up tackling. Is that what we talking about? Tackling, like, oh. like what was that play to end well, the first? The oh, Harmon Harmon bats tackling form mm. or whatever that was. That that was. What was that? I mean, situational football. You didn't even need to take him out of bounds. All you had to do was tackle him. You didn't have to fucking hit the shit out of him and try to force a fumble. Or, or, I don't know what the hell they were trying to do. Yeah. But you let him catch it, you tackle him. I mean, dude, I, I am a 19-year-old person sitting here on a chair right now, sitting on my couch watching this game, and I can tell you that. Deron it was Arthur, Chad Beebe, too. It wasn't like like a like a big-ass receiver. It was Chad Beebe. Just wrap him up and tackle him and then go into the half with the lead, bro. Zero timeouts. Like, you just got to understand the situation you're in. And when you're a veteran like that, that shit doesn't even fly in high school football. You yeah, just got to wrap up, dude. I mean, come yeah. on now. That, that, yeah. I mean, that is in- inexcusable. And that's what loses football games. And that, honestly, I think that's what lost you the football game. Yeah, you're going to the half, but you lost so much momentum giving up that whack-ass touchdown. I mean, I know the game doesn't mean anything, but like to the players, you're playing for a contract next year. Um, you're playing to maybe potentially be on this team next year. You can't do that shit in the NFL. That's just inexcusable. Like That's simple fundamentals in football that you just need to do. I mean, that's, that's something you learned when you learned the game of football. Wrap up on your tackles and just know the situation you're in. The situational football was disgusting in that play. And that might have been one of the most worst situational football I've ever seen in the NFL. Ever. That was disgusting. What a disappointment Deron Harmon has been this year. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like he mean, started off hot and then he's just kinda like fallen off every week. I don't I don't know. Um I agree. I don't right. remember when we first got him. I mean, we were comparing this guy to a Glover Quinn. Yeah, yeah, oh my lord, I can't believe that that doesn't even sound right in the same sentence right now. No, sounds disgusting. He just he fell off like in the last few weeks. He started off really hot. We're like, all right, this this is like we're seeing why we like why they picked him up. Yeah, and then I mean, recently it's like, dude, like well, what are you doing? Like he's yeah. been batting I don't know. He's had some bad angles, bad tackling. Um He got destroyed by Corey Davis. <laughs> that one yeah, play. Definitely I mean, bad tackling, definitely bad angling. It's just it's like simple fundamentals in football that this team just does do, doesn't do well. I mean, that we we talked about that a couple weeks ago with Jared Davis. 
and now it's translated to Jerron Harmon. It's just something with this trend of this team and s- simple fundamentals. July Tobai falls in that category as well, not being able to do the simple simple fundamentals. I don't know. Like at the end of the day, that's what win or loses football games. Not the only factor, but it's a big factor in which you win. And just simple fundamentals of wrapping up tackles and you know simple stuff like that. You know, but I don't know. Man. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you receive a personal art Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community discords, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of all of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you get all this for $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting website would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an opening door to leveling up your sports experience. Asymptosis program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Let me, let me ask you a question, Tyler. Say you're Robert Salah. You're the um, new head coach of the, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. You're looking at this defense. What do you do next year? Oh, I scrapped it. Oh. Whatever you, so whatever you, could, whatever you could release, you're releasing? Basically, yeah, essentially. I mean, the, the, like, there's nothing here. There's nothing here to build off, really. I mean, you have some potential. Like, you got Amani Oorie, who had a solid year. It's been a little struggling the last couple of weeks, but you have something there, I think. Um, you hope to have something with their overall, you know, your number three pick, obviously, Nakuda, but that's not a given. But other than that, like, what do you really have? I mean, Penasini's, I, uh, Aquara, I mean, you still maybe. got You still got, got Trey Flowers, Flowers coming back. I yeah. mean, he's still on the contract. You still have Jamie Collins on the contract. I think those two guys will be here next year. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I'm definitely. Definitely, those two guys will be here because you can't can't cut them. If you're looking for someone like to build off, I don't really have anybody. Honestly, I don't have one guy where I'm saying we're building off on this defense. Do um, I have some guys who I hope we could have in that conversation? I do. I hope we could say Tracy Walker. Hope we could say Jeff Okuda. Hope we could I'm say Amani Warrior. 
but I can't. Trey Flowers. I mean, like, if Trey Flowers maybe could be in a scheme where they just tell him to, like, pin his ear back and go, you know? Like, maybe not just, like, hey, worry about the edge, setting the edge. Maybe just, like, hey, just brush the passer kind like, of thing. I look at this defense right now, and I'm going to use this analogy or this example. Uh, like, imagine me being a baker, and I'm making cookies. I have never baked in my life. Robert Salah is going to come into a situation where he has to fix Patricia's cookies because these cookies are – they're burned, whatever the hell you want to call them. These cookies are bad. I mean, instead of, burned? And instead, <laughs> instead of trying to fix the cookie and make them, like, okay and, like, maybe some people eat it, it's time to just throw the damn cookies away. Let whoever's coming in here build their team and build it the way they want to do it. Throw those cookies away. Those cookies are burned. They're disgusting. Nobody wants to touch those cookies. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be eaten. Throw those cookies away instead of trying to build off what you got here because there's not really anything you got here. So if I'm, example, Robert Salah, I'm bringing my own cookbook. I'm bringing my own recipe. I'm coming into the bed. I'm going into the uh, the kitchen, and I'm starting from scratch. All those Patricia cookies gone. I'm starting from scratch. This is, um, is bad. Is Christian Jones cuttable? Yes. 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 So pretty much we're cutting. They're most likely cutting Christian Jones, Tavai, uh, Tavai, um, Ragland I mean, and Davis are free agents. So Ragland Davis are free much. agents. J- Jalen Reed, Maven, and Miles Kilbert are free the agents. The only as cookies well. you're keeping are the cookies that are not expired yet. The Jamie other ones Collins. expired. Uh, so Christian Jamie Jones Collins expired. Like <laughs> everything so, else. So realistically, we're gonna have a whole new linebacking core. Yeah. Except Jamie Collins next year. Uh, that's the plan. I hope they do that. I don't. I don't really want to see anyone back. I mean, unless they bring somebody back, but like realistically, like they should be all cut or released. Or I mean, what what was what is shock you to buy still on this team next year? Yes. It, it, it depends what why, why, why would it not shock me if I see Jalen Tavai expired? He doesn't have the best by his name. He has expired. Expired. <laughs> like, I mean, his, his, he's expired. I mean, he should not be on the shelf. Like, Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, these guys are on the shelf. They're on the back shelf, or you're putting them in the front. You're trying to promote them just to get them out of here, like sell them right away. That's Jamie Collins. That's Trey Flowers. You're hoping Jeff Akuda are those guys you could put in the back shelf. We could keep, you know, these are the fresh cookies. No, I mean, these guys on defense, they stink, man. There's nothing to build off here. Jeff Okuda actually, um, he said he was dealing with an injury. He said that's not an excuse. I was excuse. just about to say that. I was just about to say that. Yeah. He had a groin injury. And he also said that there was some dysfunction. It's it, like a rookie talking like this is actually like kind of that like. Was a, that was, a, that was a, a boo-boo. He he didn't want to say that. Yeah, but I mean, he it, knows he won't was... get in trouble because there's no one that could really like tell him what to say. So he kind of let it out. He said there was dysfunction between coaches and players and. There was issues with the scheme as well, and I, but we're not surprised. Like we saw it, right? You saw Brandon Coombs get fired. Like yeah. we saw that he he went against the coach. Who knows what else in that building? Maybe Patricia wanted to run something, and the coaches thought something else, and it was kind of just all a mess. So we saw it, you know. Like that's, I mean, that's I kind of just view that team in general. Just like we need a whole fresh bake of cookies. Like I mean, I'm sorry to just use this cookie analogy more, but like it's just like we need we need a new rep cookies. We need a yeah. new re- you we know need forget a new cookies. Rest- what they I'm need is they need they need a strong culture, a fun culture. I mean, Chris Pillman has said it a million times, and I feel like we say it all the time. But if you look at Washington, the way they changed their culture up, I know they're. I know they're seven and nine, but they still won their division, and they're still going to the playoffs, and that's a young roster too. They need someone like they need someone to come in, change the culture, um, get draft picks that fit their style, and just start from there. 
like use that as your foundation or your second foundation to the guys you already have and just build on and just hopefully it works out. They they need the culture here. Patricia came and said the culture was bad. He made the I mean, I don't, I don't think it was bad. I just think like they were a few pieces away, but he he basically burned everything down, burned yeah. his own guys. Patricia he destroyed away. Patricia destroyed the culture that Caldwell built and the culture that Caldwell built wasn't that bad. It was actually a solid. It was a good culture. The, but the they cookies just were needed, solid. Yeah, oh, I'll never forget Patricia for this shit. So, no, so this is this is what Jim Caldwell did, and this is what Patricia was supposed to do. Jim Caldwell, his his recipe solid. You know, it's not like top notch solid. I mean, it's not like top notch good. Where Gordon Ramsay's saying, "Wow, this is amazing." Gordon Ramsay says, "This needs some work." And it's a six Jim, and a half out of ten. That's yeah, and, and you know when you taste that cookie, and it's like. This is missing something. This you man's know. still talking about cookies. <laughs> <laughs> this cookie's missing something. Like, oh, maybe a little salt, maybe some more chocolate chips. Salt. But tr- salt. What do you want? Hey, what maybe some salted, eat, maybe, maybe, maybe some salted caramel cookies. <laughs> what the hell are you eating, man? Uh, Yo, what? So, 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 so Patricia was brought in here. So Patricia was brought in here to to add to the recipe because the recipe was all right. And he was in here to bring that recipe to a top-notch level and saying, "Hey, let's get this. Let's get this recipe to Super Bowl level." He he burned them. He 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 threw them all away. That's what we need to do now. We need to do what Patricia did when he came in. That's what we need to do with this team right now. That's I think that it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Just because, um, basically, yeah. like a new yeah, GM and coach is going to come in year one, just sort of almost like sort of clean up the mess that they have to deal with, and then year two. They could start on building up what they did in year one. In year three, hopefully, you come. That's you compete. That that's the goal. Um, but like, it, it's really hard. Just the situation they're in. Like you said, there's really no one on defense you could build on. Like especially in the front, we're talking like mainly front seven. Like Trey Flowers, he's a solid player, but he's not like an elite player. Teams like, oh shit, we're going against Flowers this week. Yeah. And he's a good player, but he's not like one of those like game changing type of players. So yeah, I think they don't we have. Yes. I think we just need a coach that kind of had the same mind, you know, the, you know, mind of what Patricia came into, you know, that, you know, obviously Patricia didn't need to do that when he came in. That wasn't the goal. But I think we now we need that. We need that goal of someone saying, this is just not it. This culture is flawed. I mean, you saw it. Like you mentioned, Braden Coombs getting fired midseason for running a play that he'd even run by his coach. And as significant as a fake punt, I mean, that's a significant call. That's not like just saying... I don't know, like going for a fourth he and des- one, then deserved, the half. He, he actually deserved to get fired that though, oh. on this shit. Yeah. So whatever. More stuff leaked out. Yeah. Then it was like he was late to meetings and stuff like yeah. that. So a lot of stuff leaked That's out. What I'm saying on. like this, this whole thing is just flawed right now. This whole organization is just flawed right now, and it's just time to reboot it. I mean, it's start from scratch. Like these cookies are expired, dude. Throw them Look, in the garbage. Yeah. And even like the guys they've had in their front office for like 20 plus years, like these guys um, have. Put in word of the current guys on the roster, Lance Newmark, Rob Lowman, all those guys. I think they just need to like just clean house, sort of, just kind of like just start all over, bringing a fresh new scouting staff, bringing a new coaching staff. Um, I, I like Bevel, but I just think like kind of like it's time to just kind of like clean house up and just start all over. You know, that's just my thing. Um, we're getting off topic here, but top back in uh, the Lions' offense, obviously Stafford. He made one mistake, right? And that one mistake sort of cost the Lions the chances of winning the game. That's how bad the defense is. He threw a pick. Was it a bad pick? Yeah, but, I mean, he played almost, like, other than that, he had, what was it? 
He was pretty damn perfect. 293 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he was on fire. He also had like a beautiful throw to Sanu right in his hand. Sanu dropped it. I, I mean, that Twice. was that probably was probably one of the best throws I've ever seen. Just the way he like moved and he threw like with ease. That that was an amazing throw. That was a, that was a beautiful throw. Right in the bright basket. One of the throws. I'm saying like a lot of guys, a lot of guys can't make that throw no, like that. Can't. No, and then um, not that accurate. As a team, they ran the ball well, 22 carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns. That was nice to see. And then Marvin Jones, man, he went out with a bang. Eight receptions, 180 yards, two touchdowns. The rest took away a touchdown that, I mean, shit, I, I don't even know what they saw. Same with the Tracy Walker sack. I don't know what the oh, hell they man. saw. Let's, I just that, kind of feel like, oh, man. I don't know. Um, we didn't Every- no explanation from the league. You know, sometimes on the NFL officiating, they post like explanations on why this was a call. Why they, we, we didn't really get an explanation. Same thing happened last week with Marvin Jones. I think it was the last week or your week. No, before. the Green Bay game. The Green Bay game. He had a touchdown. They called it back. I mean, dude, it's it's not fair. Like, you got to coach this right. It doesn't matter. I mean, officiate this. At this point, we're used to this, right? We get screwed at least a lot. I mean, well, at least once a year. This year at least, was at least, at least once a year, right? Yeah, no, this, this year wasn't even as bad as usual, honestly. No, no, this, I mean, I get it, we're out of it, so it didn't really no, matter. No, this game was bad. No, this game was bad. The Tracy but those Walker. two calls, like, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the Tracy Walker call, I, I laughed. I was like, yeah. huh. I like, I like, like, this is shit that I expect from the coach, from the, from the refs. Yeah. The, the Marvin Jones catch pissed me off. Let me tell you why, let me tell you why that pissed me off. Because in every ruling, that's a catch. The I was thing like, is, the thing is, they, they, they rooted a touchdown. So yeah. in order for you to call it not a touchdown, you gotta be, obvious. you gotta be They're clear not. and obvious that the yeah. ball touched the ground. <laughs> what angle do you see the ball, the ball touch the ground? They said that he lost control of the ball, but as a receiver, if you lose control of the ball, the ball never touched the ground. You can still make it. You can still. It was still like, control. You can still maintain control of the ball. Right, it was still in his possession, and his exactly. elbow, I think, was down too. When you were elbow is so, down, aren't you technically down as well? Yeah, I mean, if, even if he's on the ground, if the, if he loses control of the ball, as long as the ball doesn't touch the ground, he can repossess himself to maintain tr- control of the ball, and that's a catch. So yeah. for them to even go back and, and see that, and still really incomplete, <laughs> I, 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 I was pissed. That that play pissed me off, and yeah. the refs. I mean, ooh. Yeah, that was rough. It yeah. was it was rough, man. But that was tough. I mean, the Tracy Walker one. Tracy Walker <laughs> was just like I said. It made me laugh because it was like it was so stupid that I was like, "What do you want him to do? Like, yeah. like what do you want him to do? Do you want him to like what like pull his flag and say, uh, I got you? Like, like, like flag football? Like, no, I think he wants like, to put pull up. his jersey off. Like, pull the jersey off. Like, like flag football and be like, I got you, or or tag you it. Like, what what I do you want to do with the quarterback? He didn't buy him a mattress to put a pillow by him when he tackled him, so that might have been that. He didn't even, he didn't even <laughs> land. It's not like and this thing that he put his weight on him, and he pretty much barrel rolled over him. Yeah. Even uh, Dean Blandino said it. He said he didn't really see that, that he put his weight on him fully. Um, they, I mean, they forgot a pillow, man, dude. They didn't put a mattress on him. Not he did anymore. everything he possibly Guys. could have <laughs> to make it a, the safest tackle, safest sack in the world. Yeah, and I believe that was fourth and goal as well. So, so then the next play, two plays down. later, Kirk Cousins scores. Uh, yeah. They score. 
And he pulls that dance out. Oh my god, that pissed me off. That pissed me off. (laughs) That pissed me off so much. I know the game meant nothing, but that pissed me off when I saw Kirk dance like that. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, um, do you guys want to get in the baller and oopsie? Yeah, let's get into the baller and oopsie, man. Finale. All right. All right. So our final baller and oopsie doopsie of the week. Um, Tyler, you want to go first? Should I go first? Well, you go first, man. You go first all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, okay. Usually, it's usually you, but yeah. All right. So uh, Marvin Jones. I mean. The guy was just making plays left and right all over the football field. Eight receptions, 180 yards, two touchdowns. He balled out, bro. And probably his last game as a line, he said he's planning on testing the market. And I just want to say, man, shout out to Marvin Jones. It was fun watching him these last five years or whatever it was. Third in touchdowns in the franchise at 36, which is really impressive. Um, Him and Stafford were fun to watch together. He did well with Tate. He did well with... Uh, Kenny Galladay, just a good player on and off the field. So shout out to Marvin. I'm going to miss him, and I know he's going to ball out wherever he goes next. Yeah, I, I just want to jump onto that because um, Marvin Jones came into Detroit in a really tough spot. He did. Right. He came in as a Calvin Johnson replacement. You know how hard that say, shit is? I was just going to say uh, that. That's just, that's just not an easy task to come in. He was a slot receiver for Cincinnati Bengals. So they we, we get him in for $8 million, which was... A, a, a steal, <laughs> and he now has to become a, Mar- a, a Calvin Johnson replacement. And he, you know, he 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 played his ass off for these five years, man. And you know, everybody's gonna miss him. I mean, I think we all seen this coming. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been telling, I've been saying this for a while that we, you know, we need to start planning for a Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones replacement. I mean, like we need to, we need to draft a guy. And I, cause I, I knew this was gonna happen, but um. Yeah, man. I wish him the best, bro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we saw Stafford's game, which surprisingly, like, it just took a step, I think, forward, honestly. You know, honestly, abandoning Calvin Johnson, which sounds weird, and then, you know, kind of taking this new role, you know, feeding guys like Marvin Jones, guys like Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay. I think we took a step. I think we saw a step out of Matthew Stafford's game in a positive way. I, think I agree. He, I think he improved in every aspect, trusted some more receivers instead of just one guy. Yep. And and overall, like everything, uh, Matthew Stafford looked like a better quarterback. I think with those guys, you know, with those with those units, those core of, you know, maybe not the number one receiver in the NFL, but like having some really good options, guys like GT, guys like you know Marv, guys like Kenny G, and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, like Malcolm said, he came in to take over for Calvin Johnson, and I mean, I'm not gonna say he was Calvin Johnson, but I mean, he was no. pretty damn good. He was pretty he damn was. good, and he did what he had to do. Yeah, yeah, came out and he was Marvin Jones. Um, before we jump into the the oopsie doopsie, Pierre, do you have? I mean, this is our last. This is our last baller of the week, man. Do you have a baller of the year? For the oh, yeah, I gotta Lions? be honest. It's probably gonna be someone maybe you guys don't expect us, but it's gonna be Jack Fox. Ooh. I think you're gonna say Romeo Quara, but oh, okay. Um, well, Jack Fox just started off like hot and he ended off hot, right? Yeah. Romeo Quara is number two. But Jack Fox, a team MVP, like my baller of the year, just because like every we always talked about like Jack Fox, like one of the only positives, like in the beginning of the year, we always said Jack Fox, man, that this guy is special. Jack Fox, Jack Fox. He also got a pro ball nod. Shout out to him. He deserves it. And I I hope he gets an all pro. He deserves an all pro as well at punter. So Jack Fox, I know it's a punter. I know it's not sexy, but I'm just going to give it to Jack Fox just because he's been consistent all year. 
And shout out to my guy, Jack Fox. Speaking of the Pro Bowl, I just want to say, I was as bold to say TJ Hawkinson will be a Pro Bowler this year. And it happened. Wow. So You did? Yeah. So I, I'm just... Yeah. I'm still clean with my bold takes. Like, you know, usually, like, we, I have a bold take on both of you guys where you, I, I could expose you any day. Or, like, Pierre was, we should have drafted, uh, uh, what was his oh, name? Shit. Deontay Thompson. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, like, but to be fair, after the combine, I, I don't, I mean, not after the combine, after the, the game, I didn't really that much. much. After the bowl game, he was and like, he takes, us, he takes it us immediately. He was like, uh, I don't want him no more. I don't want Deontay Thompson. Never to mind. Anymore. Yeah, never mind. So, <laughs> that happens, man. Like, you want players to show up in big games. They don't show up. It's a big, like, red flag to me. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Let's kick what? it. Last Mr. Doopsy, last Mr. Krabs. Oh, man. Last, I mean, last episode was our last spot. Cue the Fox music. Now, Mr. Krabs. I mean, I'm not gonna see you till September, oh man. So, wow. All right, uh, well, let's do this. I think this is an easy oopsie doopsie the the week, and I'm actually not gonna give it to a player this week. I'm not gonna give it to anyone in the Lions. What? And I'm gonna give it to the officiating. I think oh, I thought wow. the officials were, were poop. Thought they were crap. So, uh, yeah, they deserve. They, des- they deserve it. I mean, they that deserve it. Blatantly. I mean, the Lions got job. They got robbed. I know it doesn't mean anything. The game didn't mean anything from a fan perspective, but that was bad. I mean, even a guy that, I, like I said last play, I didn't care about the result of the game, whether they won or lost, and I still don't care that they lost, but that was bad. And, like, just as a football fan, that should piss you off because another thing I love about football and another thing I appreciate about football besides technique and, like, simple technique and stuff like that, it's just getting the simple calls right, and they obviously they messed up on two blatant calls. So, well, one call and one review, with whatever. So they the just integrity re- of the game, basically, like they, yeah. they messed that shit yeah. up. So I don't know. I just don't appreciate that type of stuff. Can so. I? Can I give like a baller oop, like an oopsie doopsie of like the NFL? I just want to mention something. Like, can, can I add something in the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> dude? That's I mean, that's just like we we always talk about tanking and stuff like as a joke, but players. Don't tank. Um, coaches hate tanking. But Doug Peterson, what he, did, Peterson. <laughs> what he did was really disrespectful to the NFL and to his players and to, to the fan base of the Eagles. It's just like, dude, it's, it's, it's been a tough year, right? It's COVID year. Guys are opting in. Guys are opting out, whatever. And you do that shit on national television. And everyone knew it. He, he declined it. He, he said we planned it. But everyone knew they tanked. And I just think... You you don't do that shit in the NFL, especially to the players you have. Because if you see, like, a couple of weeks ago, Jason Kelsey said, um, we play this game every week. It doesn't matter what it is. He's, by the way, he's their starting center, if you guys don't know. And he doesn't believe in tank. He believes that they play every play, and we should play every game to till the whistle blows, basically. And Doug Peterson didn't do that. He brought in Nate Sudfeld, played like shit, continued to play like shit, kept him in there, then lost the game. He basically tanked. And I and I think that's a big um, no no, especially in yeah, football. That was bad. It looked really bad, man. Everyone like called them out too. So, yeah. All right. Well, since Malcolm asked me the or asked Peter the question of who the ball of the year is, I guess we might as well do the oopsie doopsie of the year. And I got. Yep. I told you this was gonna be a tough one. Who I'm gonna put the trophy on? Who's getting that's the trophy right. this year? I think we uh, have a. I think we have a. Um, a I think it could be unanimous. Two de- we have a unanimous decision. 
No, I don't think it'd be unanimous. I think it is unanimous. I want to see what he's going to say, and I'll say what. Go ahead. Go, go, ahead. So, go ahead. I am gifting the trophy dun, 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 to Jelani Tavai. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> oh, I would have done I think we were thinking of Matt Patricia. Patricia and Quinn. Yeah, I was thinking about them. I was that's that that was actually my tough decision was between Jelani Tavai. Right. But I think we saw too many games out of Jelani Tavai. At least Patricia got cut short. Yeah, <laughs> I think if they would have lasted if they would have lasted all year, I think they would have been it would have been yeah. tough. Yeah, but since Ooh. they got cut short and I got to see more of Jelani Tavai, I'm gonna give him the trophy. He deserves it. So um Jelani Tavai, congratulations. You are this year's oopsie doops of the year. And I hope I can never give you an oopsie doopsie ever again, like ever again, like on the Lions. And I hope I can give you, I hope Peter could give you a ball of the week, maybe on the other side of the ball, like on a different no. team. No, on the, on a, as a different team, you know, maybe like, maybe he helped us win a game. <laughs> from, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like we play like he, a team. He plays, the, he plays for the Packers and <laughs> he gives up like three touchdowns in coverage. Oh man. So, um, so Tavai, you've been crowned this year's oopsie doopsie of the year. So congratulations! I'll send out that trophy very soon to you. So that's just send, um, pretty. Just give, just give me your address, and we got we'll get it done. That's a, that's that's a hefty hefty list that we have there. That we have um, Gary Blunt. That was the oopsie first one. Oopsie doopsie year. Who was last year? Uh, was last year was Patricia. It was Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> last year was not yeah. Patricia. Oopsie doopsie of the year. I mean, and like, this year survived. It looked like Patricia was going to get it again this year. I thought he was going to have two trophies in his display. He was about to run back to back. I, I mean, thought he was going to have it to go along with those Super Bowl ranks in New England. <laughs> All right, so this is a pretty good transition of let's switch gears. Now we talked about this last game of the year. Let's switch gears and talk about going into the offseason now. So the Lions didn't wait a second to make things interesting and get us all excited in the offseason talk. Pierre, our news guy, I mean, let's break it down. And you got a lot of stuff to talk about right now, a lot of stuff to break. All right. So let's just start with today, Monday. They interviewed, well, they were, it was like reported that they interviewed uh, Eric Bieniemy, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Um, thing is with Bieniemy, I don't know how big he is into the game planning. I don't know if it's Andy Reid or he's part of it. That's my only concern with him. He's also had off field issues uh, back when he was in college. So, um, just a, just a concern there a little. And then um, tomorrow, Tuesday, they have interviews scheduled with Daryl Bevel and Terry Fodnett. Obviously, we know Bevel. Fodnett, let me just pull up my notes here. Fodnett started as a marketing intern. Um, he was promoted to a pro scout. That he, he had that role for seven years, and he was promoted to the director of pro scouting. And then he became the Mickey Loomis right-hand man. And uh, he's been an integral part for the Saints. He's been with the Saints for 18 years. So it's pretty impressive starting as a marketing intern and then working your way up to a front office. That's really impressive. So he has he has a good work ethic. And then he's all he's how do I say this? Um, he's highly thought of around the league. He's having a lot of interviews with other teams as well. So that's Terry Fotnett. And then on Wednesday, they got an interview with uh, Brad Holmes. He is the Rams, um, I think, college or, or director of college scouting. Um, he actually helped in drafting Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brockers, John Johnson, among others. Uh, and he's only 41 years old as well. So he's a guy that, like, if you want to build through the draft, you could go towards him. And then L.A. has done a really good job recently drafting as well. Um, and then uh, George Payton, obviously, is with the Vikings off assistant. So Stefanski really wanted him as his GM. 
um, in Cleveland, but he he didn't like he doesn't like Cleveland's ownership. He didn't want to be part of Cleveland, and then uh, highly thought out of Minnesota loves him. Minnesota was happy that he didn't take the job, but he's probably going to get a job this year. We'll see. And then um, on Thursday is Robert Salah. Nine defense according to we've talked about him a lot. He's considered the favorite for the job according to multiple reports. Um, He's done a really good job with the Niners' defense. They've had a lot of injuries. They played well. And then on Friday, uh, another Saints guy, Jeff Ireland, he was the Dolphins GM from, where's my notes say right here, 2008-2014. Didn't really work out there. He has some controversial draft picks, some questionable decisions. But, I mean, if, if you look at the Saints draft when, since he's joined, they've done really well, especially 2017 class. They had Marshawn Lattimore. Ryan Ramchek, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, among other guys. Uh, and then their undrafted rookies have been Satu Deontay Harris, Shai Tuttle, and Marcus Callaway. Obviously other guys as well. So the thing is with him is did he learn his lesson from Miami? That's a big question. And then next week they have uh, Matt Campbell and Arthur Smith. But Dave Burkett said Arthur Smith actually isn't interested in the Lions job. So um, I don't know how true that is. He's the Titans offense coordinator. And then uh, Dan Campbell is the was the interim coach for the Dolphins in 2015, I believe, when they fired their coach. And then he's the assistant head coach, a side ends head coach uh, with Sean Payton. So those are the interviews they have right now. Um, just a little background of them. What do you guys think? Who do you guys like? Who do you guys not like? Where are you with this? Wow, that was a lot. So and one thing before I get into that of who I like, who I don't like, I just want to give credit to. You know, the Lions, the Lions organization in general. If that's Spielman, Sheila, Rod Wood, and, you know, I don't give these guys credit that much. So, I'm going to give my credit to them right now. And that is doing the due diligence on all these guys. Yes. Um, I really appreciate that, honestly. I like that they're getting intel from essentially almost every candidate that's available right now. So, I do really appreciate that. And it's a good thing, at least, these guys are considering the Lions job, right? So, that, I mean, that's that's a... That's a good thing. I mean, besides Arthur Smith, but like everyone else, I mean, all these top guys, I mean, they're at least taking the interview. They could be like Arthur Smith, like, screw you. No, I don't want to. No, yeah. I'm not taking the Detroit Lions job. I'm not Regarding even the Arthur Smith, though, that, that was from Dave Burkett. No one else has really said anything, but Dave is pretty reliable with the Lions news, so I trust him with that. But just in case they don't, I mean, he's a kid that we're like, it's, it's kind of scary with him because he has Derrick Henry, right? And then, yeah, like, how you don't really have a Derrick Henry here. Yeah. So. You know, first of all, I do respect all the due diligence that they're, you know, doing the organization. My gut right now is telling me that they're going to hire Salah. That's my gut. I don't think it's bold anything, but yeah. I think my gut is saying that they'll hire Salah. And, you know, when I first heard that, like, a month ago or so, I'm like, I got to look more into this. Like, I wasn't, like, as big into it. But honestly, more recently, I've been a bigger advocate of this move of going the Robert Salah route. I kind of yeah. like the direction of it. And just kind of what Chris Spielman's been really hitting on, I think this guy really fits all the qualities that they're really looking for, and that is a man of leader, a guy that, you know, who's going to build a nice culture here. And that's exactly what Salah's doing in San Francisco. I mean, he has a very nice culture. His players respect him. You know, he's definitely not the smartest man in the room like what we had before. I mean, this guy is the qualities I think they're looking for in a head coach, and I think Salah kind of fits that, that job perfectly hometown right. guy as well so i think it makes yeah. a lot of sense and you know Salah's obviously known for his defensive side of the ball but i kind of like the offensive side where you know the connections were 
you know, the connection that could be coming with Robert Salah if they do go that route. So let's say they hire Robert Salah and let's say they go the head coaching route before the general manager route, which is kind of unique, not happening all the time in the NFL. So let's say they do that. I really like the connections that Robert Salah has maybe than some of these other dudes. Um, I think Salah's connections, who could bring as a potential offensive coordinator, are very intriguing. You can go the LaFleur right. route. Uh, Mike McDaniels is a really guy I'm high on right now. I just love San Francisco's offense. Kyle Shannon, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. So right. I would love to get someone from that tree and you know picks you know get someone that picked out of the, his brain you know directly and coached with Kyle Shanahan. So I really love the connections that Robert Salah brings. I love the qualities he has already as a leader of men, like I mentioned. And another thing is, if they do decide to hire him, I love the connections. That goes with the general manager. We mentioned a lot of potentially. There's a bunch of connections. I mean, we even saw as deep as the Lions even taking a poke at current Seattle Seahawks general manager John Schneider. I mean, that's a. I mean, that's a big, you know, that's a big step. Um, The Lions were like the the Lions were like the first team to kind of you know offer that. We're like, hey, Schneider, you want to want to be a general manager for the Lions? (laughs) I mean, there's no other team that's you know done that. So. Um, I love the qualities that Salah brings, like I mentioned, and I love the connections he brings with them. So I think right now, I mean, I wasn't on this hype train a couple of weeks ago, but like over the last couple of days, I've been really on this hype train. And I think he fits perfectly of what Spielman and Sheila and Rodwood are looking at. And I think this guy, I mean, I was wrong. I, I liked Patricia, so don't take my word too strongly. But I think Robert Salah could bring something to this organization. And I like what he offers and his quality. So. Robert Salah is my number one guy, so that's who I want right now. And then I want to mention something. You said Lafleur. We're talking about uh, Lafleur's younger brother from Green yeah, Bay. Yeah. So like yeah. fans don't get confused. So our listeners don't get confused. Yeah. Um, and um, I want to give a little bit of something about um the last guy you mentioned, Dan Campbell. Can yeah. I actually mm-hmm. watch um when he took over in in Miami? And it was a it was a very similar situation, like Bevel did. Like he gave the team a spark, he gave them a fire, and then they're actually solid. But they decided to go a different direction. And then he moved on and went to a different team. So I don't really see, because he's he's a former tight end, tight ends coach, and I don't really see him, the Lions, taking him too seriously. Like, he's probably going to be, like, their fifth option, to be completely honest with you. Uh, we, we don't really know that, but, like, um, I, I did see someone say, I forgot who it was, but, like, kind of like, uh, who's the coach? Vrabel. So Vrabel used to be, like, a former yeah. player. So that's kind of like the, that's the thinking there, sort of. And like Campbell used to be a former player, and Vrabel kind of built a fun culture and fun team in Tennessee. Maybe Campbell could do the same here. That's kind of like the thinking, sort of behind it, I guess. But I just don't know much about um, Dan Campbell. He was, he was a tight end. I mean, yeah. he wasn't like a linebacker. He was a tight right. end. I mean, he was he was a tight end. Yeah, he was a tight end, and, and he, like I said, when he took over from Miami, you you, you saw a change. And it's kind of like that bevel effect. Like the, the player responded. They're having right. fun. And they're 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 winning some games, you know, so yeah. he he's a name to look. At. I don't I don't I really don't expect. Like so, if he becomes the the head coach of the Detroit Lions, I'll be shocked. Yeah. So like regarding um Fatna and then Ireland, obviously the Lions hire will hire one of them. Dan Campbell is the guy that comes to mind, and then also uh, the Saints defensive coordinator has been really good lately. Uh, Dennis Allen is his name, I believe. Dennis Allen. Yeah. 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 So those two guys, Allen and. Uh, uh, we have the Lions don't have interviews scheduled with Allen, but if they hire Fine at Ireland, those guys have connections from the Saints because they're together in New Orleans. And then regarding Salah, he's connected to, like Tyler said, Ed Dodds, Adam Peters from the Niners. The Lions haven't interviewed him yet. Scott Federer 
Trent Kirchner. Those guys are from Seattle. Obviously, the Lions. I mean, from we know Schneider, obviously as well. If they, John Schneider if as if they well. They can get him. Yeah. Yes, and then Rick Smith, who they interviewed from the Texans. They did work together briefly in Houston. So Salah has a lot of connections to these GMs, and if they do hire him, maybe they'll be like, "Hey, who do you want as your GM?" Like Lions will interview him if they like him. Maybe they'll hire him. So mm-hmm. that could be another possibility. Who's the guy that you guys liked for um the, the OC for Carolina Panthers? What's his name again? Um, Joe Brady. Joe, Joe Brady. Lions. You guys, you guys, are, they're not interested in him no more. I like no, him, I but am. it seems just, like um with the Lions, are even gonna take an interview with him. I yeah. mean, that could change. Uh, I see, you know, as of tonight, not too long ago from like when we're recording, I saw the Falcons, Chargers are expected to meet with Joe Brady. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's interesting. I really like. I think he he's kind of today's NFL, today's offense, which I really like. I love his offensive schemes. But, no, I'd be definitely cool with that. I, I love that option. But Salah, I mean, I think he's a realistic option. And, like I mentioned, I love the qualities he brings with him as far as connections. It's just And just him as himself, like him being the coach. I think he has all the qualities to be a very successful head coach at the pro level. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he does. And so. then, um, so you guys kind of just said something. Joe Brady also has connections to the Saints, guys, because you worked with the Saints before yeah. LSU. So that's another name to watch, I guess, if they hire those GMs. Maybe they'll let those GMs pick their head coach. I, I don't know necessarily. Um, but, yeah, like like Tyler said, I think Salah is the favorite among a lot of the fans here in Detroit. And I also, like, a lot of media people are connecting him to Detroit already. <clears throat> Interviews so, on Thursday. So we'll see. So I question. Oh, oh good. I was gonna say Salah's my number one candidate right now. So I want to ask yeah. you guys, where do you guys rank him in your big board? I guess I'll start off with the Malcolm. You, you already know I'm kind of I'm already high I on know Bevel. You're team Bevel. I'm Team Bevel. Bevel. <laughs> but if you're talking about realistically, realistically, I, I feel like the Detroit Lions have Salah as their number one option. Okay, not the Lions, but your big board. So I know Bevel's your number one. Where would you put Salah on your big board? He's 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 number two, and he could be number one if. You know, if things worked out, like as far as like Bevel still being here, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't either. But um, the thing is, the the only thing is, and I know he's a great coordinator, but and again, I said this all the time, just because you're a great coordinator doesn't mean you're gonna be a great head coach. Hundred percent. So yeah, the only reason why I have Bevel ahead of Salah is because I was able to see what Bevel can do in a short period of time. Um, just because. You know, we say this all the time, just because you're a great coordinator and you're a great coordinator as far as you get your defense um, rallied around you, doesn't always translate you being a great head coach. And we've seen that with Patricia. Patricia in New England, he had players rallied around him, but right. he wasn't a great leader as far as a head coach. Now, can he be a great leader, put great game plans together, and, and, and can he do it? thing is, you don't know. I mean, it's more likely that he's able to do it because he's a great guy. You know, he's from here. And I want to be I want to be mad if Salah got the job, but the only reason why Bevel is just a little bit ahead of him in my book is because I I just in this five weeks I was just, I was just impressed what Bevel was able to do with this dumpster fire in five weeks. That, that's that's the only reason. Yeah. Um. My number one choice actually is a guy they haven't interviewed. It's uh, Joe Brady. He's been my number one choice, and he just is because if you look at the trend around the league. Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, when he started young, obviously, uh, Sean McVay. Like, those guys, I think that's the trend of the league right now, finding a young guy who, who could mold a young quarterback um, or even just kind of, like, help Stafford out, whatever it is. Um, LaFleur helped Aaron Rodgers out, you know? 
maybe uh, Joe Brady could help Stafford out. He's still my number one choice. I just loved what he did at LSU, and I liked what he's doing. And I like what he's doing in Carolina. Um, my number two choice, I don't know, but I will say this. Robert Slaw is maybe my top three, top four choices just because, like, the more I've looked into him, the more I've liked him. I've studied their offenses a lot recently. Um, I've Their defense is just impressive. He's not so – the thing is, like, he's primarily a cover three defense, but all the injuries they've had, they've adjusted. He hasn't really played as much cover three this year. So that's something nice to see as well. Um, another thing is he's play, he's also been with other organizations, Houston, Seattle, um, San Francisco. So he hasn't just been with one organization as well. So then obviously like McDaniel and LaFleur Tyler said, those guys are really intriguing. So that's just kind of where I'm at. And I do like his defense, an aggressive 4-3 style defense, like all speed and having a good penetrating front. That's something the Lions haven't really had. Patricia in the Patricia era at all so yeah I'm like I'm like tied between Joe Brady and Salah right now like I was like when I asked the question I met the guys that they interviewed but yeah um Salah's my number one guy from who they've interviewed so far oh yeah Salah would be like my number one guy who like who they've requested for sure yeah but as far as you know candidates in general yeah, yeah that, that's tough man I like Joe Brady a lot and I think he could be an exciting head coach a young head coach I think someone's gonna take a shot on him this year I don't necessarily think it'll be the Lions but I think the team will take a shot on him and I think he could be successful as well but no I thought uh Malcolm brought up a good point just because you know their successful coordinator doesn't necessarily mean they'll be a successful head coach and that's definitely the truth I mean I mean more than likely I think they failed more than succeed if anything yeah. probably especially so, from the New England tree Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there hasn't been one successful one besides. If you want to consider Mike Rabel, but like, how much do you really want to consider him a Patriot tree? Like, he's like a head. You know, he's like a hit or miss. Like, I don't know if you want to consider him one or not. He's like a. He wasn't like a true coordinator for them. You know what I mean? No, so, he was a position coach. That's what I'm saying. And, and he, he was, was just a player. A player. Yeah, yeah, a player and a position coach. So like, other than that, that like I don't know. So other than but like the coordinators in New England, no, none of them have succeeded. Bill Bryant. Mm-hmm. Failed. Josh McDaniels failed when he was head coach. Patricia obviously failed. Um, I don't know. I can't think of who else. But the whatever. Defensive coordinator, the the older guy for the U.S. the Texans interim guy. What's his name? Cornell. Cornell Flores. Flores is working. I like I like what Flores is doing in Miami. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flores is. Yeah, he's. But he's not being the Belcher. He's being his own guy. Like yeah. he he like he he looks in the mirror. He's like, I'm gonna be Brian Flores. I'm not gonna be Bill Belichick. And it looks like they're having fun down there in Miami. And ten and six, yeah, they might not go to the playoffs, but yeah, shit, it's year two, and that's impressive. I could tell you, yeah, I could tell you now, there there is no new in the Patriot culture in Miami. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. It's let me the ask Miami culture. Let me, let me ask a question: Is Robert Salah meeting with any other team, or is it just? Yeah, almost, 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 almost every almost every team. Is this, does this not scare you? Because, I mean, me personally, if I was. If I was a if I was a free agent head coach, Detroit yes. Lions would probably be my third or fourth option. Not I'm just dead serious with you guys. Detroit Lions would be my third or fourth option. Yeah, like yeah. if if a team like the Jets offer Robert Salah uh, a, a job, we may lose this guy. Yeah, it's possible. Um, the thing is though, with him though, he's from here and he knows like the struggles I go through. So how how amazing of a story would it be? Like, hey, I'm from Detroit or Dearborn, whatever, like 20 miles from Allen Park. 20 minutes from Allen Park, whatever it is. Not um, even. Not even. Yeah. yeah, it's literally there. Uh, 
it's it'd be an amazing story, right? He's from Detroit. He helped turn the franchise around. It'll be an amazing story. Yeah, so, I mean, but like you have to also consider our other teams as high as on Robert Salah. Like, is he their number one candidate? And that might not be the case. It may, it definitely may not be, but but you know, I don't understand. Uh, what, what what I'm saying is like, if if I was a free agent head coach, Detroit Lions would not be my number one no, I, I destination. I told you this is one of the least intriguing spots. I think. Well, yeah, there there is like pros and cons, but it's it's, it's kind of like a mid spot sort of because if if you look at like other teams, um, who's open? They like got the Chargers. Like, that that's really attractive. Chargers, Chargers, attractive. Chargers they're probably they're they should best. go offense. They should go offense. They probably Brady. Will. That's what that's, you know. When I said I, I think the team will take a chance on Joe Brady, that Joe was the team. That would be nice. Is Brian Duvall and their GM went to high school together. Oh, Tom Telesco is it? Telesco, yeah, that's their GM. Yeah, so. So I thought, okay, I was like, okay, Brian DeBoss probably can get that job. That, that's just like a crazy story. Two high school kids together end up in the same franchise. That's like, like that, that's my... <laughs> but they're not high school buddies. They're butt buddies in New England. Aren't the, aren't is... the, um, the Falcons also a, a free agent job too? Yeah. So the favorite for the Falcons I've read is probably Eric Bieniemy. I think it's Bieniemy. Yeah. You think um, so? That that's what I've read. I don't. I don't know. Really. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't yeah. mean anything because, oh. like I said, our favorite is Robert Salah. But Robert Salah could say shit. He can get offered from the Jets, and they say this is our guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's um, tough. The Falcons actually. You mentioned that they just actually tweeted out that they just finished interviewing uh, Robert Salah about like ten minutes ago or something like that. Oh, so, they, did they interview Robert Salah? Yeah, yeah, they just they just wrapped it up. Um, they interviewed wow. him before us. Oh wow. So um yeah. no. so so I because I remember I remember the situation perfectly before <laughs> before we um picked up Patricia no not Patricia um Jim Caldwell okay everybody was really high on Ken Wizenhunt oh yeah. I remember I'm not sure that. you do you remember that Ken Wizard everybody Ken Wizard Ken Wizard Chargers OC took the Tennessee job right yeah yeah so yeah that he went to Tennessee so they were forced to say all right let's go Jim Caldwell so Jim Caldwell was their second guy. Yeah, right. You know, you know what? If I we think, miss out on if we miss out on Salah, if Salah goes somewhere else and Eric Benemy has gone, do they go Bevel or do you see him going no, another right? I have a guy, and this is going to shock people, I think. And we haven't even mentioned him in this podcast, and he's not necessarily my top one option, but I think it makes a lot of sense, honestly. Tyler, can I guess who it is? Go for it. Is that the Rams defensive coordinator? No, it's Marvin oh. Lewis, veteran coach. Oh, Marvin oh. Lewis. No one told me that they're gonna, bro. Twitter's gonna attack you, bro. Yeah, but like, yeah, and Tyler, I give everybody permission. Everybody is his, his at sign is at Tyler Soa. <laughs> <laughs> please, please go ahead. You can attack him. Do what you want to do. Marvin Lewis, man, dude. I don't yeah. think the I, captain I, of mediocre. I Woo, think, go I ahead, think, man. I think that's who they hire if they don't land Salah. And I think it makes sense. Wow. He, he's kind of the Jim Caldwell. He's like, because if you think about it, you know, you were talking about Ken Wisenhut, and he was kind of the hot coach of the name. And the Lions at the time weren't the hot job like they are now. When they hired Patricia, Patricia was the hot name at the time. And the Lions were a hot job at the time because Caldwell they built were. such a nice culture. Patricia brought that culture back to what it was before. So the Lions are kind of in that situation where they need that culture fix. I think Marvin Lewis is exactly what, what that culture fix is. Chris Spielman has been talking about culture. He said culture more than probably his kid's name. I mean, straight up. And the word culture has been said out of his mouth more than his kid's name. I think if they don't, if they miss on Salah, 
I think Marvin Lewis might be the second best option as far as fixing the culture. And he's kind of the, the piggyback. I'm not saying he's the guy that's going to get you to Super Bowl, the division wins. He's the guy that's going to help you rebuild this roster and help you rebuild this culture of what it was in Detroit. And he'll essentially be your Jim Caldwell. And you're essentially going the same route where you're going to need a piggyback. You're going to need that second head coach. So you hire Marvin Lewis, then you're at that time when he, you're ready to move on, he build you wherever he could build you, like kind of what Jim Caldwell did. He took it as far as he could. You're going to need the piggyback coach. So if they miss on Salah, I think it's Marvin Lewis. Tyler, do you want a fun fact? They actually interviewed him on Thursday. I know. That's right. Yeah. Oh, they, they did interview him on Thursday. So, and the thing is also with Marvin Lewis is their owner was cheap. He didn't spend on free agents. He only spent on his guys, and he spent on their draft picks. Um, the the Brown, the I'm sorry, Bengals. The, the Bengals owner, he's a cheap owner. Um, it's well known around the league. He, they didn't spend on free agents. So if you like think about it, maybe they added some huh? free agents here or there. What? Wait, wait they, they have something they, they, they free they agents. Oh. I am lost. I'm flabbergasted. No. What are you talking about? Okay, they didn't so spend on free agents under Marvin you know, Lewis. Look it up. Do you know the Terrell last, Owens? The, the do you last, know like, Owens five, was on their team at one point? The last five years, they didn't spend much money. Yeah, you can say the last five years. I'm saying like the time I've watched them. I, I yeah. wasn't like. All right. So yeah. when they were hot, when the Carlson Palmer era, when they were hot, yeah, they they were loaded and he still couldn't win. They had a point. I told you, a little point they had Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens, and TJ Husmajaya. All them, that, that, those are three receivers. And yeah. those are three, three thousand yard receivers that they had. I mean, they were loaded. They yeah. just couldn't they just couldn't they couldn't win a playoff game. I'm talking about like the Andy Dalton time when I started like kind of like getting like Oh Andy Dalton. End I mean, of Palmer, beginning of Andy Dalton sort of time. Like I'm, they didn't really spend um that much on uh on free agents, but yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really high on Marvin Lewis. I'm kind of like okay with it, sort of. It's like I get it. Like you want to transition. He's a veteran head coach. Um, if he brings and he's had really good stats. So I mean, he's necessarily not my favorite option, but I could see the fit with the Lions and why it can make sense for the Lions because he could be that Jim Caldwell. Twitter's gonna kick your ass, bro. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just gonna put some. I'm just gonna put the laughing faces under it. <laughs> I, I, I just I don't see this guy. I don't see this coach where he's gonna win you titles, or this guy's gonna be the coach that wins you a Super Bowl. I don't see him being that guy, but I could see him taking you where as far as he could, and as far as he could is maybe you know a borderline playoff team. With especially with the seventeen playoffs now, I think he can get you to the playoffs. I really fuck, do. Fuck that. If if we don't get Robertson Law, I'm please get Bevel, bring him in. <laughs> so I let it work. Too, like see, why I think you like Bevel is because. What Bevel said today, and Bevel said we're not rebuilding if if I take this job. Matthew Stafford's my quarterback. I, I want I wanted Bevel before that. Yeah, you did, but like I, you don't, don't want to rebuild. I don't want a complete teardown. As far as this whole mindset of trading Stafford and drafting a guy, and yeah, yeah. the juicy pick is juicy. Yeah, they give you a first round pick. Yeah, trade Stafford. I'm not. I don't like that transition of just getting rid of Stafford. That's exactly okay. what you're getting with Bevel because Bevel's not doing that. Exactly. I mean that that's fine. But even before that, like I I get it that he's not doing that. But what I like about Bevel is because what the, he's bringing to the team, the energy he's bringing to the team. I think he could do the same effect as Marvin Lewis without bringing in Marvin Lewis. The thing is, though, why I I want to I rather transition to maybe a Marvin Lewis than a Daryl Bevel. Let's say, I think a Marvin Lewis would strip this roster apart and then get this team ready to compete when they're ready to compete. And, you know, building a roster at that point. What I think Daryl Bevel is going to do is he's going to – I'm going back to the cookie analogy. He's going to build off what Patricia already has here. And he's going uh, to – I think Marvin Lewis would stay with Stafford. I don't, yes, think I, I with don't Stafford. see Marvin Lewis. I don't see – I don't see – I don't know. It's going to take some. It's going to take somebody young that knows that they're going to – like, if you bring in a young guy, they might say, I want to bring in my own guy. 
I can see that happening, but I'm gonna be uh, honest. I think most GMs or head coaches they want Stafford. It's a Stafford want to be here. I mean, yeah, I mean Stafford needs a top quarterback. I mean, he's a lead guy, elite talent. Of yeah, course. but like, I mean, like we saw anybody yesterday. that doesn't have a anybody that doesn't have a quarterback is gonna want Stafford. Yeah, um, like we saw yesterday though, like this guy played out of his mind. He had one mistake, and that one mistake basically cost us the game. Sort of like that's what I mean. I mean we don't. The Detroit Lions is the same Detroit Lions prior to Stafford. They, they yeah, are a team has, that that hasn't been successful. Yeah, he has to play perfect for this team even to have a chance to win. And it's not even a guaranteed win. It's, it's yeah. to have a chance. Yeah, to, it's have a chance to and, win. So, and that's why I mean, like I said, they could go either route. If they're gonna build with a rookie quarterback who they have no idea is gonna pan on NFL, or they're gonna keep Stafford or not, what they could, what the new GM is gonna want to do if they decide to keep him, is gonna say, look. You know, we failed you. Everybody that all the GMs we had to pass, we failed you. But what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my best to build around you as quickly as possible to get you where you want to be. And that's, that's what you want to tell Stafford. That's what you want to tell Stafford. Because yes, we failed him, but he shouldn't have to play a perfect game <laughs> for you to win. And I think the, the Detroit Lions, even if you don't go the route of drafting a rookie quarterback round one, if you decide to keep him next thing in the next couple of years, you can still build around him. I still think, though, even if you don't take one in round one, I still think you have to draft a quarterback sometime this year. You just have to like have a young guy to develop, or either this year or next year, whatever it is. I mean, dude, you trust Chase Daniel and David Blau? Are they even like no? No, but right? you could bring in. You could bring. You could probably bring in a a, a more <laughs> Chase Daniel was what was he ranked last year as far as in the free agent quarterbacks? He's awful, yes. and he still brought him in. We could have brought in anybody. We could have brought in any anybody. Shit. The, yeah. the, the the what's it called the Ra- the Raiders picked up Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I mean you could have got anybody. There's a lot of names out there, but they decided to go chase Daniels. Why? I don't know. You get a decent backup or draft one. I, I don't care about drafting a guy. But I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting decision by this new regime, regardless of who it is. Yeah, who's making these calls. But long story short, Salah's my number one. Joe Brady's Pierce number one, and Daryl Bevel's Malcolm number one. I think, like, I was thinking about this. I said Salah. I don't know. I think he's probably my number two overall. And I mm-hmm. and I have said I for offense, but just, like, the scheme, the San Francisco scheme, like, hopefully LaFleur and McDaniel, what they, what they could bring to Detroit is is, is really intriguing. I think and Tyler all... actually like, kind of, like, hopped on. And then when you watch LaFleur in Green Bay, it's basically the same scheme, right? And you saw Kyle Shannon with Matt Ryan when he got MVP. Basically the same scheme. So... I think we're all in agreement that Salah would be a top three candidate for, for he, sure. He's the most realistic option. I think he's the Detroit Lions' number one option. But is he a top three in your in your list? As far as a guy that's out there? Yeah. It all depends on what you have, man. So, for example, if you have a young quarterback, I wouldn't well, want to no, mix, saying, a, I wouldn't well, want mix a young quarterback. With, like, well, I'm right saying now. the Lions right now. Like He's taking over this situation. He has to make right that now, decision. Right now for Detroit Lions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's right it. now, like I said, Detroit Lions, he's their number one option. He's their number one no, guy no, no, right no, no, now. No, 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 I'm saying, what the Detroit Lions have right now, and the draft capital, everything, is he a top three on your board, Malcolm Hart's board? Yeah, yeah, that, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, I think so we're all I think, there. Yeah, I think the Pride Podcast crew, like, we all like Salah, so. Yeah, I, we do. We would all give it a check mark if they did it, if they went that route. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll all be happy. I'm just worried about, I just feel like the guy who we hire is going to be a guy who realistically seriously 100 percent wants this job and may turn down better jobs and just to want to come here the, the thing is um with salado like we said he's from here so that's, like that's 
that's the Lions plus. Or, Lions were his favorite team when he was growing up. So, like, that's like his dream job, probably. Probably his dream job is coaching the Lions, regardless of how the roster looks. Dude, it's your hometown. Your family lives here. I just think, like, it's a huge plus. I, I think, if I have to guess right huge, now. It could be a huge negative, too. It could be a huge negative if he, <laughs> if he does Bills. not... If he fails, you have to move from Detroit. You have to move, bro. You have to you move him and like, his whole family out of Michigan, like you bro. You don't think about that. You don't come into it like, oh, if I fail, I'm screwed. Yeah, you think of it like, hey, this is my dream You're job. You're taking over a Detroit Lions job. You better think about it. He's thinking no more. He's like, no more Dearborn Shawarmas. No more hookah lounge. <laughs> yeah, bro. Oh, you're not taking over the New England Patriots. You're taking over the, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You have to think about it. I, I don't. If think for do. some reason this does not work that. out. I mean. Yeah, no more Shawarmas for him. Yeah, he has to move. Yeah, he's, he's his family. Like, like, can you imagine seeing Patricia in, in, down the street? I mean, like, I will, imagine going to a mall. Yes. Imagine going to a mall, and then you see Patricia. How's how they like, like? People are going to throw shit at him. Like, get out of here. His <laughs> wife, his wife used to come actually to uh, when I used to work at the mall. His wife used to come all the time. She not, but she don't come to no more. Well, no, probably. She's I don't work. I, I don't work retail anymore. So yeah, when I worked a retail job, uh, Patricia's wife actually came to my the store I was working in. And she bought some custom Matt Patricia shirts, but this was, oh yeah, before this is, he even co- this is before he coached like one regular season game. Like this gotcha. was, I think, during the preseason. Yeah, so. I guarantee, yeah, I'm I'm 100 sure you'll never see her in that story again. Well, like, I don't work retail anymore, but yes, yeah. um, I think if I did work retail, I I agree with you. I don't think I see her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough, uh, but I wasn't in there that day, but I heard about it. So wow. Um, or she was a lovely lady, so if, that, if that means anything. All right, all right. I think that's a wrap. So we got, we got we're we're in we're in store for a very interesting offseason, and I can't wait. I mean, this this was fun. This was fun talking about this stuff, and we're gonna have a lot of this type of stuff coming to the office. So if you guys are interested in this stuff, soon we got a lot of this stuff coming, and we want to hear your guys' opinions on this stuff by our voicemail. So we have a voicemail mailbag once a week. We do, and you can leave your uh, calls at three one three. 355-3116 leave your calls leave your opinions on what you think the line should do with that head coaching vacancy what they just leave with that general manager vacancy just what they should do overall with the team in general so this is gonna be an interesting office and one more time if you guys don't mind it help us out a lot We're leaving a five-star review on apple podcast the more reviews the more people can listen to us and it gets on their suggested pages so if you guys enjoy us all you could all we ask for is a five-star review on apple podcast it helps us out so much so on that note hope you guys enjoyed this little episode of us you know breaking down some coaches breaking down the lions game it was a it was a filled episode so hope you guys enjoyed that and We'll be back with a lot more fire stuff with this Lions offseason. So with that, I'm out. Peace. All right, guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. We talked about um, all these coaches and GMs. It was pretty fun. Hope you guys are all staying safe during this time. And I want to wish you all a happy New Year's. I wasn't here uh, last episode. So I hope you guys all have a great year this year. And I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm. And like they just said, leave those reviews. And happy New Year. And I'm out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.